if you like betting on golf. But everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved. With all the stats and the tips and so much more, cause it's the golf betting system, the golf betting system, it's the golf betting system. Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 153. This is our 2021 Arnold Palmer Invitational Tips and Picks episode. Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanrahan join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss this week's PGA Tour action. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gambler aware. You can visit begambleraware.org for more information and, of course... Please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website with our in-depth betting previews, masses of tournament statistics and our predictor models all available completely free of charge with no paywall. Please subscribe to this podcast and drive the popularity of the show. We are all available on social media. On Twitter, Paul is at Golf Betting. I'm at Bamford Golf and Barry is at A Good Talk Golf, you can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Plus, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. I'll be recording the Arnold Palmer Invitational Show as soon as we have finished this podcast. Please take time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That is the podcast currency and drives our listener numbers continually upwards. I've got to say, gentlemen... We have been um, asking for five-star reviews since the start of the year, and the, and the response from the audience has been absolutely fantastic. So can I thank all of you? I will read out all of the reviews that you leave, but clearly, if I read them all out, we'd have a review show, effectively. So you know, we'll just run through them episode at a time. But just keep them coming. It's absolutely fantastic. It's really quite self-rewarding from our perspective to see these reviews hitting Apple Podcasts just building and building. So it, it only helps the podcast with its popularity. Right, let me read some out for you. This one is from Never Trust an Owl. He's in Great Britain. Uh, excellent golf statistics and analysis, five stars. Brilliant tournament previews each week for both the PGO Tour and European Tour. Provides great insight and statistics to enable you to follow tips. Given or make your own decisions. Keep up the good work. Steve, Barry and Paul, much appreciated. That's Never Trust an Owl. He's in GB. I like that screen name. <laughs> it's quite good, that one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I like that a lot. Next one, we've got from uh, Ryan Lyon. He's in Great Britain as well. Golf betting for nerds, five stars. This one's quite funny. Great mix of ultra nerd analysis and sound betting advice. You might struggle to stick with them on some of the grass analysis bits, but a very sad... That's just basically taking the Michael out of me, that is. Uh, you, you might struggle to stick with them on some of the grass analysis bits, but a very sound addition to my betting pod library nonetheless. Ryan, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. You, you do know your grass as well, Steve, don't you? It's all about the poet trivia list. It is, yeah. It's all about yeah, the overseas. Uh, last one, great podcast, five stars. As a new golf better, this content is brilliant. It is helping me learn more each week. The level of knowledge is unrivaled and worth a listen to, f listen to for any new or experienced golf punter. 
That is from Ben Rhodes again in the UK. Ben, thank you very much. Thanks to Ryan and also thanks to Never Trust an Owl. Brilliant stuff. Yes, thanks guys. Very much appreciated as ever. I think the podcast we've always said it's ed- we try and make it educational, don't we? You know, we try and we try and impart the knowledge that we've built up over the years of many, many hundreds of losing bets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> try, try to explain the logical illogic of how we've managed to get to the uh, to the conclusions that we've come to. It's all about the bent grass poana mix, or is it pure poana? And that you know, it takes me hours of fun going through spreadsheets to to try. Anyway, as I, as we all know, I'm very anally retentive when it comes to my agronomy. <laughs> right, talking uh, talking anally retentive. Let's talk about last week, shall we? Two um, two interesting tournaments. Um, let's firstly start with Puerto Rico. Um, great win for Brandon Grace. Yeah, yeah. That was only his second ever PGA Tour victory, believe it or not. Yes, second one by the coast as well, though, isn't it? And uh, he's, you know, if you go back through his history on the European tour, it's a lot of coastal and and or linksy type um, efforts that uh, that stick out. So, yeah, it was all going to the price last week, wasn't it? You know, I, we 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 looked at him, I looked at him, you looked at him in depth, I know, and um, it's it's whether you could stomach the what very early twenties or eighteen to one in that field, but um, yeah, you can't begrudge him that win. It was. Um, no. Much deserved, that, I guess. That was his fourteenth professional victory. Yeah. Uh, nine European tour, now two PGA tour, and six Sunshine tour. Did it in some style, chipping in for Eagle on the seventeenth, and then holding his nerve against the steely. This bit's where I get sarcastic. Steely Johnny <laughs> Vegas. To be fair to Johnny, he actually held his SHIT together, yeah. didn't he? I, I was expecting Johnny to go backwards as soon as he sniffed the lead, and he kept it going, to which the, is one one for the notes, I think. Vegas uh, seems yeah. to be finding a bit of mental fortitude. It, having um, having both kind of just laughed and dismissed it last week when you mentioned Johnny Vegas, it was uh, it wasn't quite amusing to see. It, it was uh, always going to go well. <laughs> yeah, it's... You know, that's, if there's a way to kind of reverse curse someone, Steve, it's probably to uh, for, for you and I to, to laugh off his chances in a in a podcast. But, uh, no, no, I, I thought he was going to win, to be honest. Um, but uh, you know, if you're going to finish Eagle Birdie, um, then it gets the job done, doesn't it? Such a I can't remember the last time. I can't remember the last time one of my players, one of my back players, finished uh, finished like that to win a golf tournament. <laughs> it would be a nice feeling, wouldn't it? If that was you, if you were on Brandon Grace, he'd have gone double bogey bogey. Yeah, I've been on him a few times. And missed out on the each way places altogether. Yeah, exactly. I've I've, I've been on him a few times where his 17th hole, or his 71st hole, has been the undoing of him. So um, clearly reversed that. But no, you know, an emotional win for him. You know, I've died back to him a few weeks ago on the back of, um, you know, his his personal, um, losing his dad and. um, no, it's come back and he's, uh, he's, he's got that win. So, yeah, no, please for him, really. That's I want to completely wipe the Puerto Rico 2021 Open from my mind. I had three players at the top end, as you know. Brandon Grace, Andrew Putnam, and for fuck, I, I can't swear, but I went for Tom Lewis. Of, I just, I, anyway, I don't even want to revisit. So, 
Yes, I like good for Brandon. Now I think that that gets him into this week's field. I don't know if yeah. he's going to. I think he's still in the list. Is gets him into Bay Hill. Did I also read that for the first time ever the Puerto Rico Open winner got an invite to the Masters? I don't know if I'm making that up in my my own mind. Yeah, I've not read that myself, but clearly uh, the rules and um, qualification criteria are a little bit more flexible recently, aren't they? Somebody pinged Steve on Twitter with that if they know it. Actually, no, it'll, it'll I've just help I've his mind. The, I've gone to I've gone to the Oracle boys. I've gone to Rob Bolton. Follow at Rob Bolton on Twitter. Rob Bolton is the Oracle of all things. He's basically added him to the PGA Championship for that list right. for that win. So no, it wasn't worthy. Of a uh, master's place, and I must say, if that was the case, that would have been a brand new. Um, mm. I've never seen that before, so, and it didn't happen. So Grace has been added to the PGA Championship with that win. Also, of course, he gets a two-year exemption on the PGA Tour. It does. Right. That's why I, I can never work out, Paul, why so many professional players stick their nose up to an alternate event and say, "Well, actually, I'm happy finishing 32nd next time I play." Rather than going for a win and getting a two-year exemption on the PJ Tour, yeah, yeah, oh, you, can, you can see why a few of the European Tour players make it a, uh, you know, a definite play in their schedule. Trip, yeah. You know, I mean, the, if you're qualified for the WGC, though, there's a rule that you have to play that event. You do, yeah. no, you so do. anybody who's in that just automatically wipes out whatever seventy-something guys from that who could go choose Puerto Rico. Look, it's a great opportunity to grab that two years. Oh my God, like that's job security for two years. Millions of dollars, mate. Yeah. <laughs> right there. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. No, disappointing a few of them. As you say, Lewis, um, Matt Wallace was another one I thought might go well last week. And he, he missed the cut as well, didn't he? He's kind of gone off the boil guy. a bit. I, I wonder if Lewis and Wallace are kind of um, better players, not flat track bullies, but and they're not flat field bullies. I think they do better in stronger events for some reason. It feels mm-hmm. like it kind of gets them going a bit more. Well, Tom Lewis, he started okay. He shot two under. He, he basically, on round one, parred everything. And he went there. I think the last four holes, he went birdie, bogey, birdie, birdie. And I thought, well, that's not too bad. That's a reasonable start. And then the wind got up on Friday even more. And I, I went out for a run Friday lunchtime thinking, well, actually, Tom Lewis came 11th in the Open a few years ago at Port Rush, And that was as windy as sin. And he started 75 and then came through the field, got, got 11. He'll be fine in the wind, not a problem. I can see him really moving forward. And then I look later on, he was six over. You just think, oh, wow, four over, whatever it was. Golf betting, it's just strange. And players have their different funks, don't they? And that for that for Lewis was a huge opportunity again, because he's way outside the 125, could have used that as a, as a platform, but clearly it didn't happen for him. Now, WGC at the concession, great. Oh, should I also say, what about Ted Potter Jr.? Did he get you a squeak of each way money, Paul? No, no, I backed him top six. Sorry. He finished seventh. Would you please take more <laughs> places when you're backing these guys, lads? Come on, <coughs> I know, I know. Look, Sorry, I mean, and I'm, 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 the, I'm the biggest chaser of the dream score, like the max value. I'll never cash out of bed, and I won't even lay off things. Like, but you know, when it comes to these guys that are at the long odds, you know, I take the chop from one twenty-five to one to hundred to one to get the extra couple of places. You well, know. he was. I, I took eighty to one with six places and, versus sixty sixes with uh, seven See, places. just add an extra euro or two <laughs> to your stake and then just level it out that way. Barry, I, I know it messes bugger. with your mathematics and your staking plan, but like it also stops you being 
punching yourself in the you know after that, after he finished I, the seventh. I, I I look at the number eighty. I look at the number sixty six, and I can't take the sixty six. Sometimes I've got to take the eighty. I know, but like, just, just add add a euro to it. <laughs> add a quarter points to your bet or whatever it is to just let, flatten it out. And uh, that's that's what I've started doing now. It's just I, I know it sucks if it loses because you're giving the bookies a tiny bit extra. But I've got that extra buffer zone of the other places. So um, and if he wins, look, that's you're, you've caught a winner at sixty six to one. Forget the market value or whatever was there. It's it's all it's all it's all about my way to put the blinkers on from <laughs> from protecting myself from these max value he missed, chases. He missed he missed out, but you got the safe. I mean, he actually finished birdie. I'm I'm des- I was desperately trying to find the fact that he bogeyed the last just no, to no, really birdie, twist birdie. the knife in. But he actually went birdie 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 to miss by one. Yeah, mate. Barry's right. Listen to Uncle, listen to Uncle Barry. <laughs> do you know what? I hope a few of the listeners got him eight places. Just if you yeah, do, yeah, please yeah. troll Paul and like tag me on Twitter. I'll, I'll happily yeah. jump send, on board. Send, send me some if, screenshots. Just yeah. <laughs> if you got, if you manage to get an each way return on Ted Potter Jr., please screenshot at golf betting with, <laughs> with your uh, selections, please. Just to wind to Paul up even more. Anyway, it was a good selection. We did say he's been playing better, TBJ. Yeah, yeah. He came one shot shy for um, The WGC at the concession. That was good. I, I enjoyed the course. I enjoyed actually. it, yeah. What did you, you think of the course? For tournament golf, great golf course. It worked so well. Opportunities to score really well, like birdies and eagles. But if you got it wrong, it really punished you. And it brought in like a bit of excitement and high variance. I think... Like for any of us going to play that on a regular basis, it would break your heart. And especially that they're talking about like they're, I think they're saying they have a club championship this week coming up. They're going to make the greens even faster. I mean, like okay, whatever. Like that's that's just torture. Wow. That's just torture. You know, you maybe do that once a year, but in terms of uh, a tournament, there, I thought it was brilliant. It separated the field as well. So the, the whoever was playing really well that week was able to pu- push away and separate from the rest of the, the dross. Um, or whoever wasn't playing really well that week. Like, like That's all you really want because it makes picking uh, winners, or not winners, but it makes picking golfers for the week a bit easier because the stats that we rely on to, to make those picks, if they hold true, those guys get even further away from the, the middle of the road guy who's just somehow hanging on and making a few scores. It was great. I'd, I I would happily watch another tournament at concession if they go back there. And there was rumors yeah. that they might next year. So there, there, there were good murmurs of um, it not going back to Mexico, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, concession again next year. So. Yeah, Paul McGinley being not so succinct on the commentary, <laughs> but like yeah. that's that's a great. Well, I'm hearing thing. Ru- I'm hearing rumors it's coming back to Florida again. <laughs> Breaking next, uh, news. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, th- thanks, Paul. Um, I'm all over it. Yeah, uh, happy to see that again as a tournament course and. Let's no, get it. Let's, let's talk about Morikawa. Look. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. How yeah, often, good. gentlemen, do you hear this on the PGA Tour? These are the driving distance ranks of the top four: sixtieth, sixty-first, fiftieth, and forty-eighth. And guess what? Brooks Kepka was fiftieth for driving distance in that tournament. Three woods. All about position, wasn't it? Yeah. Straight position off the tee. I mean, it wasn't as if the fairways weren't huge because they were absolutely massive. Get this, Cam Smith was 67th for driving accuracy and he still hit 60% of fairways. 
But when you missed and you missed badly, you, you were hit. You know, you were hitting the water, weren't you? As simple as that. Yeah, it was good. Good all round test, wasn't it? And some of those runoffs as well were, were evil. Weren't Vicious. They? You know, it's the, it was the greens, wasn't it? Yeah. So you know, people were racking up some really big scores. It's, um, but no, I overall enjoyed. I mean, other than the result, from a betting perspective, I had Cam Smith, who was uh, who was too clear at one point and then got his nosebleed. Shot seventy seven, didn't it, in the end on Saturday? Oh, that was finished crushing. Well, but yeah, yeah, you had Smith and uh, Hovland as well, Barry, didn't you? So both of those guys made. Uh, yeah, I had some I, big I numbers. Followed you on Smith. Hovland had the quad. Um, like my, I had a like personally, I had a great week on that tournament. Um, I had Hovland, Kepka, and Usti, and I followed you on Smith. So I got three places, and if I hadn't followed you, I would have got a perfect three for three. <laughs> no, but like, I, it was... There's more, more learning. Yeah, yeah, don't follow Paul. No, no, but I mean, it was a great it was a great punt. He just had a, two bad holes on Saturday, and it just kind of puts you in a bit of a tailspin. Like, what can you do about that? That's the kind of course that if you're not on it all the time, uh, it's going to get you. And so, look, it was, it was a great week. Getting three places out, out of uh, four bets is like... This is dream stuff almost. Just slightly frustrating that like Morikawa was incredible. He never looked like making a mistake on Sunday. It was uh, or Saturday. It, it was it was brilliant to watch, it, and I would have enjoyed it a lot more if he wasn't beating my guys. But um, wow, he's good. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I backed him the week before, and no, Morikawa so uh, it was inevitable. He was going to go and win that. It's, uh, I know he was really good. He was really, really strong. Patrick Reid was the other one I had. Who was, uh, I was hoping would at least salvage a uh, an each way place, but uh, just uh, I don't know. Sad. No work. He was noteworthy. Reid though, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, no, no, seventy-five percent driving accuracy, seventy-five percent greens in regulation for Patrick Reid. Yes. And the Masters is at the Masters is how many weeks away? Mm. Uh, no, mm. there was a, there was a lot. It just. He made a couple of bogeyed. He bogeyed the um, bogeyed the short par for twelfth, wasn't it? And then bogeyed mm-hmm. the par five in the next hole as well, which took him out of the equation effectively. He missed three or four, kind of six or seven footers in that final round as well. And you add it all up, and he was what seven shots off the lead in the end. And you know, on another day, he makes those putts. He doesn't make the, the bogeys. He birdies the two birdie holes instead of bogeys, and he's He's right in the mix, but uh, yeah. just, I, I don't even so. Even so, had he had he had he played those holes well, I'm not sure he'd have still called for a cow. I think that's another uh, feather in the cap for the golf course, though. So those guys were all chasing uh, Morikawa at that stage, and and kind of you got the sense that they were under the impression he wasn't going to do anything wrong or make any mistakes. So they knew they had to put the accelerator down and take risks. And you see what happens when, you know, they didn't execute those shots. They, they turned into bogeys instead of, you know, when they're chasing birdies. And that's, um, that's kind of good, you know, to see. It's not, you're not just getting away with it. So, look, that's, uh, that's ominous from Reed. I mean, that, he must have been, what, in the top few of greens and reg for the week at 75% there, Steve. Yeah, this is the point. I think uh, Billy was like eighty-one or something during Sunday's round. He he was ninth for greens in reg. He was also sixth for strokes gained on approach. Mm. Unlike Reed, it was his short game that actually let him down. It was actually his his scrambling. It was only fifty percent for scrambling on the on the on the uh, on the um, the eighteen holes. He actually 
uh, he didn't get up on nine of the eighteen he missed. Yeah. Who led scrambling for the week? Like him. Give but actually, I, I, I do. Th- I, I know it hurts you because it stings you financially on your bets. But if you look at if you look in sort of long term, he's he's really rounding it in the shape for the Masters. And yes, I know. I'm not even going to talk about this narrative about Patrick Reed. I'm talking about him as a as a betting proposition. Barry and I last night were talking about our favourite stat from the Masters: the par four birdie or better. Something in the top twelve on that stat is absolutely year in year out the winner of the Masters, and he is in the top twelve for not only last season but this season as well. So. Um, yeah, Reed's warming up quite nicely, and I've no, we noticed last night, didn't we, Barry, that Brooks Kepka's creeping up that uh, statistic as well, rather, yeah. rather quickly. So, so are you, Steve? I mean, sorry, T four Tony is also, or T two Tony. I can't, I can't. What is? It? I don't know anymore. <laughs> Poor Tony, uh, with all the nicknames we have from, he's he's close to that top, um, that level in the birdie of better. What is twentieth or something like that? Yeah, I have to admit, I did. I, one of my friends was talking about Tony um, over the weekend. I was talking to another friend the week last week, and uh, I said it wouldn't shock me at all if uh, Tony Fina won the Masters. Um, so I put my money where my mouth is, and I backed him for the Masters. I figured I wasn't going to get anything better than uh, twenty-five to one, eight places. If I'm wrong on that, so be it. But I've got the bet on. So Tony for the Masters. He's going to drop one of these is going to drop his way at some stage. Oh, yeah, 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 you know? Yeah, yeah. And there's a golf course that can destroy people when they're chasing or reward them, you know. So, you know, the there's disaster waiting for people in Augusta and it could just fall his way. Barry it, admitted to me last night, Paul, that he didn't listen to last week's podcast, so he's he's destroyed our download numbers <laughs> last week. Um but I, I had said to him that during the show last week, I backed him at the US Open at 40 to 1 to win at Torrey Pines. And I was, la- again, I was laughing uncontrollably as I did it. Because I thought that was a good bet. It is a good bet. 40 to um, 1 for him? Come on. 40 to 1. I couldn't believe the price, could I? It was still 40 to 1 hanging out there. Um, and we said in the podcast last week, the thing with the thing with Riviera was he was in the perfect position. He was, I think, it was third group out on Sunday. He could set that score. He could actually just play golf. Mm. The pressure was all on Burns. It was on DJ, the guys in the last group. Homer, to a certain extent, it, um, it was ideal. He, he could set that score, and and ultimately he, he did that, didn't he? And then eventually, just when it got to the final. The final push over the line, he, he just cracked again. I mean, yeah, I like it. He's a, t- I mean, he's he, he's a terrible leader as well, isn't he? If he's leading at all, he's like. But at some point, he's far too good a golfer not to win a golf tournament. Mm. It's it's just what price you get when he wins. Well, it's not going to be 100 to 1, is it? No, no, no. He's priced the same kind of level virtually every week, isn't it? Isn't that kind of 20 to 1 bracket, give or take a couple of points either way? You could take your chance and you'd you'd have reaped an awful lot of each way money if you'd have backed him just blindly for the last uh, last few months. Quick question, just before we don't want to forget him, like uh, Morikawa Masters. How do those two words sit together for you? Because he's, I don't know for, for you guys, for me, I kind of find him a little bit easy to for, not forget, but just to gloss over. 
you know, he didn't even come on my radar for last week, which is, you know, uh, that's a bit of a fail when a guy just goes and wins, you know, of his quality. So, um, Mark Howell Masters, does that ring? If there was a genuine strokes gain ball striking statistic that the PGA Tour put out, and if there is, I've never found it, um, he'd be top of it, wouldn't it? Because if you're looking for a guy that drives it straight and has the best laser irons in the business, it's Colin Morikawa. His driving and was... Hits it, and he hits it just a little bit further than Webb Simpson. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it gives him more of a chance at the Masters. Simpson just hasn't got the oomph. Colin Morikawa's just about got enough. Mm. His driving was so good. Like, yes. on Sunday, I was there thinking, like, will he hit this right or left? I was like, the way he's swinging it, there was just no chance he could. He's just striping it. I can't remember who it was, but someone described him as a pumped-up Jim Furyk from the past. And it's true, <laughs> isn't it? He's just, he's just got an extra 20 yards more than Furyk. 25, maybe, maybe 35. <laughs> but yes, but he's a modern-day Jim Furyk, isn't he? He's just absolutely iron straight, and his irons are fantastic. Yeah. And he's just about got enough grunt to be able to compete on these big boy, tough, classical golf courses that the United States are famous for. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm looking at a price. Let's try and get some prices on him right now. Um, where have we got Morikawa? I'm still scanning. 28 to 1. Hmm. Yeah. And what, uh, were you picked it, what was your 33 to 1 when you picked him up at the PGA Stadium? Yeah. No, that no. Hey, that's twenty-eight to one. It's by the way, twenty-eight to one is Unibet. Um, twenty-five is the. Um, yeah, is let, the, let's the, just say that the main price. That's the that's the Paul level of places that you don't want, folks. You don't want the short places. Just put the extra little bit of juice on the bet. Get the maximum places. Um, do you know that's I, I might I have to put him as a note in the phone yeah, for the Masters because it'll I'll be punching myself if he goes and does it now after saying it here I might have to back him now um, Paul said this uh, last year the thing and I think you said it when he won at uh, Mirfield Village yeah again another par 72 long classical golf course he's just got that steel in his eyes he's just he's just got it hasn't he he's cold He's a converter. He's everything that Fee now isn't. Yeah, it's very impressive, and he's going to win an awful lot of golf tournaments, isn't he? Yeah. And the thing is, we've had this production line of talent, haven't we, recently, over the years, you know, Ram. And when these young guys hit, it's almost as if it's expected now, going back to Jordan Speed, it's almost as if it's expected that they win all of these tournaments and it all comes easy to them. But what Morikara is doing, with the lack of experience that he has, that's his fourth PGA Tour victory, a major, and now a WGC. I mean, it's it's an astronomical rise, isn't it? It's it's phenomenal stuff. He looks very comfortable out there. Body language, face, all just looks relaxed. And it's like, yeah, this is just another golf tournament. And it's, He's um, got under, understated swagger. Yeah, yeah. Just, it's just like, yeah, the... the confidence is there but it's not like just like slapping in the face you know um he's very very good annoyingly so when you're not on him and your guys are trying to chase him down uh, i went on betfair exchange with four holes to go there you couldn't even lay a you know it was nothing it was it was zilch mm. everyone knew he'd won that yeah I'll take you through the quick top five of the masters right now these are the best prices available dj 13 to 2 rory 10s brooks 12 
DeChambeau 14, Ram 14, JT 14, Spieth 18, and then Xander 22s. That's the top of the market. That's such Clearly a finished. joke of a price for Spieth. I know, but yeah. Yeah, if, 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 if the previous Jordan shows up, then yeah, it's, you're looking at it going, oh, that was value, but Xander's a bit off the boil, isn't he? There's another one who loves a second place finish, doesn't he? He's yeah, you know, something's not um, something's not quite there for him at the moment. You could say the same for John Rahm. Yeah, well, I see. I think uh, Callaway equipment change. I think the equipment change, yeah, is probably there's a little bit more going on there than um, we're hearing. But you know, um, it, it takes a little time. You know, he's played with TaylorMade for a long time, and it's just a little bit of fine tuning and. It, everything could be looking great or you know the numbers could be great but there's just the, the mental side strokes gained mental space you know uh, it's the, the one metric we all want and he's uh, he's that good though that when it, when he finally kind of hits that comfort zone with them um, it's game on so I mean you can we could see there's lots of birdies coming from um, so it's just about the confidence in 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 them in the clubs I guess when at all types of swings and shots he hits of them so it's building it's building i'd say the same for um rory uh just in terms of like rory's hitting lots of birdies the swing is looking very very good the mistakes are just the thing he needs to clean up and i always kind of go back to shane larry winning the open like the the weeks before he was making lots of birdies just didn't have just had those mistakes on the card that was stopping him to get to the top of the leaderboards and they, you know, it's always they always say it's easier to clean up the mistakes than it is to unlock the birdies. So, uh, honestly, I, I really think Rory might win in the next kind of couple of weeks. It's just horrible mm-hmm. to see the uh, the eight, to, you know, ten to one was the early price, and then he's down to like eight to one this week. I think I think I might have a staking plan though for Rory. He doesn't he doesn't start well. Okay, so I'm kind of happy to accept losing a place or two because the plan is to back him after the off. Wait for him to have his early bogey or double or, you know, be one, two over par for the early holes. The price drifts, bang, grab him at 20-somethings. Well, I mean, when, when he's six or seven shots behind uh, Matt Every after the first round, then, of course, it's... Uh, first round, not first nine, first nine holes, Paul. Paul, this is 2021, not 2014, <laughs> like... Paul loves... He loves, he loves living in the past. He'll he'll also back in five places each way rather than taking seven. Oh yeah, yeah, because I got three thousand to one. <laughs> yeah, so he'll, he'll get he'll, he'll finish tied sixth. But um, yeah, it's a good plan, isn't it? I think. I mean, what did we what did we get? I mean, I should I should set up a new Twitter account, the Rory McIlroy odds uh, odds um, tracker. I just I don't know. He just. Clearly, Bay Hill, if you look at American golf courses, Bay Hill and Quail Hollow will be his most favourite, clearly. Because um, he you know, he's won, is it twice at Quail Hollow or three times and he's won this before. Um, he loves Florida golf courses. I think um, that... The, the, so this is a particularly weak renewal as well, it has to be said. Yeah. Uh, the fact that this is, you know, they've gone Genesis Invitational, which everyone's playing now. They then went to a WGC, which they all have to play, uh, pretty much, don't they? Um, mm-hmm. I think was it only uh, Paul Casey didn't last week and Tiger clearly. Um, and then this is, th- and then you've got the players next week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
it's, it's in a bit, a bit of a rock and a hard place, isn't it, Bay Hill? What a this rock. Ten, this, this has always been the Honda Classic, but for some reason they've swapped the Honda Classic to after now and they put Bay Hill before. Um, I say that was the same last year, actually. It was the same last year because Hatton won. I was on Hatton. And then I was yeah, and then we did everything for the players' championship. Got all this content out there. Great week, and then of course COVID struck, and the players said, Mm-mm, "Not playing anymore." And they all went home Friday morning. Is um, it- I just don't know. It's it's just Rory, isn't it? If I just can't get excited at Rory McIlroy at a single di- digit price. Can I say something on Rory? I like, Rory's a victim of how good he is. Okay, the only standard he's ever judged to is him at his peak when he's winning, okay, and yeah. playing phenomenal, or Tiger yeah. Woods. Those are the only two standards he's compared to. So anything less than that, which is a non-winning week, is is attacked and like you know, you're oh my god, he's terrible and blah. The guy is getting up there in these tournaments and finishing. What's his last few finishes? Okay, so he's third, sixteenth, thirteenth. Missed cut at Riviera. I mean, it was playing tough. Whatever. Okay, write it off. And then sixth last week. This is all with him on his mm. B game, maybe B minus game. You know, he's it's very, yeah. It's inc- he's consistent. Incredible. Incredible consistency. So like, it's, so you're not going to get value odds on him. That's what you. I don't. I don't I, think you I will. I thought sixteen to well. I I said to, I said last week on the podcast sixteen to one last week at the concession was the kind of price I'm really tempted on because mm. loaded field. And we know it's coming. Sixteen to one to me for Roy McIlroy was a backable price, and I can see why he was put up. I can see why he was backed really, yeah. really heavily because that's a great price. And if you get, I mean, look, if you can get catch sixteen to one on Rory with eight places, God, you're almost now. You're almost if Rory printing. finishes tenth this week and finishes with a great round where he's ranked second for tee to green and third mm. for approach, and we're seeing what. What price would you be interested at next week at the players on Rory? If you could get fourteen to one on him, would you? He's that's a that to me is another good bet yeah. at the players. On I like Rory him. McElroy. I like him for these next two weeks. And if I'm seeing Rory at eight to one next week, it's just not going to happen. Do, do you know what? I, I'd almost be at this stage. I'd almost be tempted to do a split stake situation, back a little bit of him pre-event and hold back some stake for his slow start. Because he's he's a demon for the slow start. When was the last time? I don't remember. Yeah. He's probably done yeah. it, but it's just it seems like it's a perpetuating thing that he just doesn't get out of the blocks quickly. Yeah, he goes he goes through cycles with it, doesn't he? Because there are times when he does get out of the blocks really quick and then just fades away at the back end of the tournament. It's, uh, it's a bit hit and miss. That was an issue with Victor, wasn't it? Victor Hovland. I know he's very young in his career. He was always a slow starter, but just that them recently he's managing to get off the line quickly enough to be in that kind of. Tied 12, tied 14th spot after round one. He's right in the mix. Well, another one's Matt Fitzpatrick, who we've, we've joked to many a time about how his I'm slow done. starts on the Thursday have just basically you know, completely scuppered his tournaments. Yet, over his last few tournaments, he's, he's been there you know, very, very close. He was joint first-round leader last week, the concession. Mm-hmm. So perhaps, it's, you know, perhaps it's a focus thing. Perhaps it's something that him and Billy are working on and uh, getting their head around it. I hope so this week, although I know when I look at the leaderboard after a couple of hours, you'll be plus two. But, that, um, that's when you double down, Steve. <laughs> that's when you double down. <laughs> oh, yeah, what, well, Matthew Fitzpatrick? Yeah. Maybe you're right. You, 
Um, one thing, let's actually, should we actually formally go into the Arnold Palmer Invitational? Um, that's one thing I have noted about this golf tournament. You do need to start on the front foot here. Um, Tyrrell Hatton last year was fifth, fifth after round one. Francesco Malinari was eighth the year before. McElroy, 13th. Leishman, 20th. Jason Day, first. Matt Every on his two wins, 17th and 7th. You've got to be on the pace around here. Because I think it's a tough kind of golf course. It's the kind of golf course where you can't play catch-up. Because as soon as you start forcing it around here, you're not making birdies and eagles, you're making bogeys. Yeah. It's a proper, classical, tough golf course. Um, so, yes, we need... A, you know, Matthew Fitzpatrick starting with plus two when the lead's going to be at six under par. He ain't winning. So we need someone. We need a. We need some um, some good starters this week. Players that are on the front foot on round one on Thursday. Um, the golf course itself it doesn't really need a lot of introduction. But yes, we do get um, lots of new uh, punters in terms of golf betting. Bay Hill. This is clearly the Arnold Palmer Invitational. This is Arnold's, or they call it Arnie's place. Was his um, what is it? Bay Hill Lodge and Country Club. This is where his office was. This is where he hung out. This is where a lot of the players would come and talk to him. I mean, I, Bryce and DeChambeau and Arnold used to get on quite... I know that Bryce used to come here a lot and have chats with him and whatever. So I think for someone like DeChambeau, winning this would be... Um, it's going to be one of these career things that he wants to do. Whether it's this week, we don't know. But um, they've stretched the golf course. It's now 7,454 yards. It's a par 72. Lots and lots of, of tough par fours, plus three of the par fives measure over 550. Tends to firm out here as well, 12 on the stint meter. That's what the superintendent's looking for, or faster. Um, since 2015, these have become, I'm going to do my agronomy bit, they're pure Tiff Eagle Bermuda, uh, Bermuda grass greens. I think before they had some kind of poetry tribute this overseed. But they're now pure Tiff Eagle, which most of the golf courses are um, in Florida. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of score on the par fives, hold on for grim death on the par threes, which are a nasty bunch. And there are a couple of shorter par fours you can take advantage of. But on the longer par fours, just play from the middle of the green and walk off with a par. And as we know, a lot of golfers these days on the PGA Tour don't like to play from the middle of the greens. They go, they'll go for a tucked pin and they'll end up in the water. Because Bay Hill is absolutely your typical Florida golf course. Nine holes feature water hazards. 7,500 square feet average Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass greens that they try and get to 12 or higher on the stimp. Last year, this was the hardest golf course on the PGA Tour. Clearly... It was kind of strange because it was blood, it was gusting 30, 35 miles an hour all four days. Um, and Tyrrell Hatton won. We were on board at 55 to 1. Yeah, it's a cracking pick last year, Steve. If, you look, if you're looking for other Arnold Palmer designs, uh, we've got Albany, where they play the 2015 through 2019 Hero World Challenge. That's the hits and giggle that they play in the Bahamas, where um, Adam Scott and Justin Rose live. Uh, you've got PJ West, the Palmer Private Course. That was one of the courses they used to play the old Bob Hope Lottery on, which then become the Career Builder. 
Uh, TPC Boston, of course, that's a really good one where they played the Northern Trust. It used to be the Deutsche Bank, and now it's the Dell Technologies every second year on the in the playoffs. And they added the 3M Open, didn't they, a couple of years ago on the PGA Tour. They played up at Minnesota. Uh, TPC Twin Cities is also an Arnold Palmer design. And that, again, kind of follows Bay Hill because a lot of water in play on that TPC Twin Cities um, course. And that's what you tend to get with him. He, he does like to throw a lot of water features into his, or he did, into his designs. Um, key attributes here. One thing I always take note of here, it is extremely, extremely, extremely difficult to get close to the pin. Every single year, Bay Hill ranks in the top three, top five most difficult proximity to hole on approach. And that, to me, shouts, um, you've got to have a decent putting week. Yeah, mid-range putts. Yeah, you're going to be faced with a lot of 20, 25 footers, and it's how many of those you can make that will sling you up the leaderboard. And take advantage of those par fives. The amount, if you can get, you know, if you can really get a lot of um, two-putt birdies on those par fives, and just hold on for grim death around the threes and, and the tougher fours, you're going to be in the mix towards the end. Should we look at it from a... Um, let's look at it from a skill set perspective. I've taken 2010 through 2020. It's a classical golf course, so that's all I'll say. Lots of dog legs. There's lots of different ways to win this, and it just comes out in the skill averages. So I basically look at um, the champions through those years and what their key stats were. Uh, average it through. Driving distance 25th, driving accuracy 33rd, it's all middle of the road. Greens and reg 15th, proximity to hole 28th, scrambling 21st, putting average 15th. And what that tells me is not one type of player wins this. Yeah. You can yeah. be you can be a bomber. Yeah. Or you can be a Kevin Kisner sort. There you go. I thought I'll throw I'll throw Kevin Kisner in there, Barry, for you. Thanks, Steve. You can be a Kevin Kisner sort who is short off the tee, but has a great week with their approaches. And he's an absolutely red-hot putter on Bermuda grass. Just different kinds of players win. If you look at it from a strokes game perspective, I'm taking Hatton through Jason Day. So that's the last five renewals. Strokes gain off the tee, 18th. Strokes gain on approach, 17th. So compare that to last week where at, at uh, the, uh, sorry, the Genesis Invitational strokes gain approach, I think was averaging like fifth for the winner. Strokes going around the green, 32nd. So strokes going tee to green, ninth. Strokes going putting, sixth. And that's rare. The winners here over the last five years have been higher ranked for strokes going putting than they were for tee to green. And that is a rarity on the PGA Tour. Got to have a good week with the putter, boys. Yeah. yeah. And as we know... Actually finding any kind of statistic for strokes going putting consistency, it's just up and down, isn't it? It's just, you know, Rory, Rory could end up strokes going putting number one this week and you'd never guess. You just, who, would have known, who would have thought that Colin Morikawa, who changes putting stroke, yeah, and was putting absolutely abysmally for the last few outings would have been... Tenth for strokes game pay, and as we know, for a player with such tee to green ability, when they actually find that week and you're on board them, when they're actually putting well, it's, it's, 
game over, isn't it? It was a joke how many putts he made. And I thought yeah. I actually thought his strokes game putting for the week would be, or on the given days in particular, Saturday and sun, Sunday really, I thought he would be more because he just seemed to be making everything. Oh well, he yeah, it was, well, I've got the splits. He was fifth on the Saturday and eighth on Sunday. Okay, that's yeah, that, that's enough. Yeah, to <laughs> yeah. to hurt to yeah, hurt the clearly, yeah, he he had a he was better with his putting over the weekend than he was on Thursday and Friday. When you strike the ball as well as he does, it's just crazy, isn't it? Game over, isn't it? Even Victor started putting a bit better. So, anything else you want to know? Let's let's talk about winning prices, shall we? Because I always like to set the scene on those. Since 2010, the winning price has averaged at 66.0 to one for this. Over the past seven renewals since the split in the seat in the tour. It averages at 84 to 1. And if you actually take it over the last six renewals, which would be Hatton at 55s, Molinari at 33s, McElroy when he won here at 20 to 1. That was after a long, long barren run of no wins. He missed the cut at Copperhead, the Valspar, came here and won at 20 to 1. Leishman 100 to 1, day 14 to 1. Average those through 44 to 1. Come on, give Paul what he needs to hear. 2015, Matt Every, <laughs> defending champion, tank, tanked, for an enti- yeah. <laughs> tanked for an entire year after winning, <laughs> just to juice his price up, 300 yeah. to 1. The stat I thought was more... The, the, the price I thought was more telling on Matt Every was actually the first time he won it here. He was a juicy maiden... On the PGA Tour at sixty-six to one, and he came in that week with with form of six at Riviera, twenty-fourth at Honda, eighth at Copperhead. I haven't gone into the detail. I expect he was going out in the last group in a one or two of those. Might might have had a chance going through sixty-six to one. He landed that in thirteen under, and I just thought to myself looking at that, that doesn't half remind me of Sam Burns this season. So one of my tips this week is Sam Burns. I'm on the Burns train, and I grabbed Sam Burns. I'm trying to remember the price, Paul. I'm going blank here. Forty-five. Forty-five to one on Sam Burns. That's that. Uh, let Let me talk you through my shortlist here. Yeah, because people go, eh, we want to know. My shortlist on this before any prices came out was thus: Victor Hovland, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Sam Burns, Jason Kokrag. Francesco Molinari, Kevin Nahr, Kevin Kisner, Wyndham Clark. And this is how I'm going to do it now. I've, I'm, I'm fed up of persuading myself out of winners each week. I'm basically coming up with a list of players on one of my famous post-it notes. And I go through them. And I come up with a selection. Do you so do it, that before there's the likely prices, to be the winner in. There's likely to be the winner in there. But it probably won't be any of the ones that I'm actually back. <laughs> but do you, so do you, Kevin Kisner... Get on him. Kevin Nahr, get on him. <laughs> Victor, I just can't have Victor at the price. He's I mean, cl- clearly, he's one of the, He's probably playing the most consistent golf of anyone on the, on the planet right now. But. Yeah, by the odd hole or two, Barry. Well, look, that was... He learned from that. You know, he he made one mistake. Let's not... The, the fairy bunker shot, yeah, okay, whatever. You can miss it, stuff. So. 
It was the shot where he got himself back across the green into the bunker. That was his mistake. He got greedy. He should have played outsidewards and he would have had a chance for a six. And those two shots could have been very telling when he was chasing on Sunday. But, you, you know, there's the butterfly effect of him maybe being a bit more freed up or like going in full attack mode on Sunday and making all those birdies. So it's hard to tell. You know, but he's he's playing phenomenal golf at the moment. It's really um, yeah. it's really it's really really good to watch. And like I'm excited to see him in the Ryder Cup. Like he just goes for things, and it's it's brilliant. I love it. You know, that's the kind of golf that's going to get you wins when you're just going for things. It's you know he just shrugs off the the misses. Yeah, no, he's going to be a think, great addition to the team. Don't you think Morikara and Hovland are basically the same player? What they're just literally. T to green metronomic aren't they they're fantastic strokes game ball striking they've got to be in the top three on the tour he's Victor Hovland's driving and approach play oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just around the green just for Hovland that's where he lets himself down sometimes and yeah that's something he can, he'll clearly be working on he'll be well aware that that's one of his weaker parts of his game and uh, he gets that sorted out he's going to be right up there for a number of years the one thing that put me off Hovland, I mean, uh, if, if he'd have been 16 to 1, I'd probably have backed him. 12 to 1, I can't. 11 to 1, definitely can't. Boyles, I've got him at 10. Although Boyles, worthy of note, they are 10 places each way this week. The only bookmaker to go 10 places each way. So if you do want the extra places and and, and lower odds, Boyle Sports is your place. Uh, the others, um, in the main, are eight places. We've got this new revolution, haven't we, where... Thankfully, I mean, I like it. Um, the, the the industry standard pretty much now is eight places each way, a 50 odds, but uh, Boyle's a 10. Um, I did, yeah, it's, um, I've lost my train of thought. I, I just think, if you... If you Hovland's said short to us, price. If you'd have said to us at January, right, that Bryson DeChambeau and Victor Hovland are going to go off at the same odds for the Bay Hill Arnold Palmer... We'd have had a discussion about it, I'm sure. Because some people have said, well, Bryson's taking the game to a whole new level. Bryson's going to be world number one. He's hitting it 475 yards. He's going to to destroy every golf course. Every golf course is going to be a par 66 for Bryson. Um, uh, But it hasn't kind of worked out that way, has it? All of a sudden, we've got Bryson and Victor at the same price. In fact, Victor's shorter with most firms than Bryson. Bryson's struggling a little bit, it seems, with this um, weight loss. He spent so long building up his swing in tandem with the weight loss to do what his swing was doing when he was like super beefcake bulky. Um, I always just think of Cartman in the South Park when he's like beefcake, um, if anyone remembers that reference. But this little drop in weight seems to have him a little bit out of kilter and sink. Uh, he'll figure it out because he always figures it out. He's that good at... Um, finding the solution so yeah, I, w- I wonder if he, if just that clicks in the next few weeks from it's got to affect his balance isn't it I mean, who's it um, yeah a little bit of a ju- adjustment yeah. factor yeah Gary Woodland's lost a lot of weight as well recently isn't he yeah mm. the one I'm thinking of it was, it was Carl Peterson wasn't it years ago he lost good you know, God. a stack of weight and, uh, couldn't swing a club it, yeah couldn't swing a club so he ended up just getting back on the donut diet and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was back to where he was <laughs> One thing you will say about the Shamba, I mean, he shot a 64, didn't he, in round two? It's, it's this inconsistency. Yeah. He'll pull it together. Him and Morikara, 64 was last Friday. Mm. 
there's there's only one tournament that Bryson's targeting right now, and it's in a few weeks. You know, and he's got what he's the players? got he. <laughs> He's, I mean, obviously, that's the biggest event of the year. Like, the, yeah, the way they're advertising it, you believe there's no other golf event allowed. Um, he's, <laughs> he's, um, he has an extra bone to pick with that, with that course after all the hype he put into it last, you know, in November and it not going so well. So, there's, there's a singular focus there, I would say. And if it's about whether he can get his timing uh, of getting all the things together uh, for that. Can you explain to me why did he bulk up and now he's taking the bulk off? That I don't know. He needs to get some uh, body nutritionist in. To to me now, what it seems like is he had a lot of torque with the with the extra weight and speed, mm-hmm. and yeah. now it's like he wants to take a bit of torque out for more horsepower to put it into like a car analogy. So he, the right. speed is clearly there, but there's something kind of not matching up for me just watching him with um it just doesn't feel like it's he's fully in sync you know he's getting these vicious snap hooks and these massive blocks which we saw at riviera um he'll figure it out though it's just about like you know tuning it in he'll get it he always does every time we question him he figures out the problem that he's being faced with at the time and it doesn't take him too long to do it either he's a phenomenal golfer he really is you know so um it's 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 probably just a matter of when. I plumped. Uh, so what we got? We got McElroy eights. Uh, Victor Hovland at twelves. These are prices right now as we record this early Tuesday morning. Deschambeau at twelves. Tyrrell Hatton, the defending champion at sixteens. Patrick Reed, your favourite pole player, Paul. You'll still be on him at the Masters. Twenty to one for Patrick Reed. Uh, Sung Jm twenty to one effectively. There's one place Unibet hanging twenty twos out there. Matthew Fitzpatrick twenty twos and my nemesis Paul Casey with Hideki Matsuama. A little bit of twenty eight to ones on both out there. I plumped for Matthew Fitzpatrick, and I know it will bite me on the bum. I know that, but. I don't know with Fitzpatrick. I, if, with me and Fitzpatrick, this guy is a class player. And as a non... You know, I, I follow the PGA Tour week in, week out, day in, day out. I I don't pay as much attention to the European Tour as I probably should. Paul does that. That's what you get paid for, isn't it, Paul? Just about. If you can call this a salary. And um, what we got is his record on the European Tour is stellar. Probably doesn't win enough. But it's just where he plays well that gets me. And you know, his his Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass record out in out in uh the desert, the Emirates, is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Fifth fifth fifth, sixteenth and seventeenth at the Emirates Golf Club. And then you look at the Earth Earth course. I mean DP World Tour Championship. This isn't a hit and giggle. That's the best of the European tour each year coming to that tournament. Long golf course, which again, long golf course, you probably think that's probably not Fitzpatrick, but fourth, first, ninth, and first last year. He won at 16 to 1 the um, DP World Tour Championship last year. And you look at Fitzpatrick's wins, they're all short, they're all these 16s, 14s, 20s, longest. I just think Fitzpatrick will have in his mind, like all European tour players do. I need to win in America to validate myself, to you know, get a PJ Tour victory. Just like Tyrrell Hatton was in the same boat here last year. 
I know we're not getting 55s, but Fitzpatrick now seems to be focusing more on the PGO Tour right now. And he's getting better results. You know, he was right in the mix at uh, Riviera. He was right in the mix last week and then fell back. If you actually look at his WGC finishes, that 11th last week was one of his best ever in his career. I'm surprised how long he's been around, actually, now. 2016 Masters came in the top 10. Yeah. So he was only 14 years old then. Pardon? He was only 14 years old then. Well, he only looks 15 now. You <laughs> know. Um... I just think he's due. And this golf course, you look at Fitzpatrick and you look at places where he's done well on the PGA Tour in the last 12 months. Uh, he was third at Memorial, the, the one that Rahm won. Uh, Rahm was first. Our friend Ryan Palmer was second. And Fitzpatrick was, I think, tied for third, maybe with Matt Wallace, something like that. That was a nasty tournament win. Blah, blah, blah. Um, he also has got a great record at the WGC at the FedEx St. Jude where he's had a fourth and a sixth in the last two years on Bermuda Grass Greens. And his record here again, his, his record on this golf course is stellar. Absolutely stellar. Second here a couple of years ago. I, I, I just, I wasn't overly enamoured with the pride. But, you know, I'd rather have a 25 to 1 winner than no winner. So, yeah, 25 to 1 on Matt. I'm, uh, I need to become less of a price snob, a snob you know. Brendan Grace last week, 20 to 1 winner, I'd snap your hand off. So if Fitzpatrick wins at 25 to 1, I'll snap your hand off. So Fitzpatrick was the first. And I know that this guy is going to be hideously well back this week, and quite rightly so. But the other one I took close to the top was um, Francesco Molinari. Victor Hovland is clearly going to be in the European Tour, oh, the European Tour, the European team for the Ryder Cup. He's clearly one of the best players in the world right now, and he's going to be a strong addition to that team. But what that's doing is that's putting the likes of Garcia, Lowry, Molinari, Poulter, Rose, Stenson, Westwood under extreme pressure because there's nine qualification spots automatically for the Ryder Cup team. There's only three captain's picks. A lot of those guys are going to be relying on captain pick unless they seriously pick their games up. And Molinari... He's just showing that forward momentum. I actually checked his world ranking. He's now actually growing his world ranking at the moment after, what, 18 months of yeah. just slump? Yeah, he's certainly eighth, been uh, improving yeah. again recently, hasn't he? Started to get eighth at PJ West, 10th at, at Torrey Pines, and 8th last time out at his new home club at Riviera Country Club yeah. in Los Angeles. And he's just doing what he does. Hitting the ball relatively straight off the tee. He's not the longest. Great iron game. And the putter works sometimes and the putter doesn't work. But the putter seemingly is getting more consistent. And you look at Frankie Molinari and you look at American states, the state that he's done by far the best in is Florida. And he's won here, won him in 2019. So I thought 33 to 1, more than backable. That's... Especially when you look at that 44 to 1 average. Winning price over the last five years here. It's a nice I think, price. I, think, I, I want to focus on this juicy 33s up to 50 to 1 price point. It's already you're already in profit with the price for the week, Steve. So you can you can be happy with it because he's now he's gone shorter than that. I followed you on him. I think he's good. Yeah, um, a good bet this week. So 
Look, he's a good week. He's a, do you think? He, I think he's a good bet next week as well, Barry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be. What, could we, be. what, what could we get next week? That you could get. Could you get fifties if he doesn't do it this week? If he doesn't do go well this well, week, I, I, I think. You, I think. I think you might get snitch more. That would be lovely. Look, I mean, I'd happily take him at the. Let's just take the win at thirty-five this week, and worry about this week and next 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 week and save for next week's problems, but. If he doesn't go this week, he's certainly wanted. I think keep in mind, um, he's he's starting to hit the ball the way nice. You know, Frankie Frankie can hit the ball, so it's a lovely bet. Nothing further to add. Moving forward, <laughs> right? That's two of my five. Who? Um, what? You've clearly um, highlighted Frankie as well. There. What about you, Paul? Well, you know, at this point in time, I've only backed one, but he's in that bracket. And that's Jason Day, thirty-three to one, uh, and it's not—it's not a normal bet for me, I must say. But I going to say, it's—I mean, I'm in shock. Yeah, it, it's risky because you never really quite know what you're going to get with Jason Day. But I, I'm seeing these well, elite, formerly elite, or you know, should be elite players starting to show their hands again. The Brooks Kepkas and the, the Jordan Spieth, and I look down the list. Jason Day's there. He's won here. He's he yeah. won back in 2016. He was well, he was world number three at the time, I think, and he, he, he just before he got to the to world number one a couple of weeks later. He's now down to uh, 40. I think he is. So it shows you how far he's drifted down. I think there's some good signs that he's starting to come back. Seventh at Pebble, um, flat final round, but he had a good chance going into the back nine. Eighteenth last week, a concession as well. Crucially, week, yeah. yeah, crucially for him, great gaining strokes um, both from off the tee and also tee to green on both of those starts, which is encouraging. Got a great record in Florida, can play firm courses. You mentioned this um, wind coming towards the um, weekend as well, which um, Sunday, yeah, 30, yeah. 30 mile an hour it could be. Yeah, and, it does scream know, Jason Day, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, as, as it gets tougher, that's the kind of situation that a, a a player like Jason Day could uh, could thrive in. So, so yeah, I I don't know. I, I it, it just it seemed a backable price to me for a player who um, could go and win this golf tournament. So yeah, I, I, I back Day. And um, there's a few that I'm. Do you know the name that kept cropping up in my uh, analysis was Emiliano Grillo. And, and oh, didn't had, he do the t- didn't he do the typical Grillo thing at sixteen to one shot last week? Well, yeah, finished 11. Throws it away in round one. In fact, throws it away in the first three holes. And then he backdoors the top ten. I just knew it. Absolutely knew it. The Grio would do yeah. that. It's, I, 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 I haven't backed but, him. Yeah, so I tell I'm... you what, if you want a golfer that can drive the golf ball long and straight, Grio is your man. He's yeah. he, he, he's a very good course fit for this, Grio. It, it has to be said. It, 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 it makes sense. You know, his game, game shape fits it perfectly. I mean, he finished seventh yeah, it does, here. Yeah. 2018, um, he was disqualified last year, but he was sitting in the top 20 at the time. Good win player as well. I was, I was surprised yeah. when looking through your wind analysis just how good he is. In Great. Um, but I, I, I need, I'd need to find a market for him because I'd, I'd always had this kind of trepidation about backing him outright because we, we know how that goes. Perhaps it's just a DK play. Perhaps it's, uh, a, you know, it's, it's one for a DraftKings team, uh, 7,400 and just be done with it. You're not a top ten backer, are you? Or top twenty backer? Five to two doesn't interest you, does it? No. no I, I, how much money would you? How much would you need to put on Grillo five to two 
to make yourself satisfied with the return. And then you got to think, I'm putting that much money on Griot. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. He's you know, very counterintuitive, it has yeah. to be said. It's yeah. just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't work <laughs> there. Those two things don't merge together. Like, um, Stick with DraftKings. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on a similar vein, Benny Ann's got some to yeah. Paris this week as well and uh, you know, he's, he's, he's been working with Brad Faxon for a while hasn't he he's putting and I suspect at some point that will come round bear fruit and, uh, yeah it will bear some fruit but again it's, it's still worth it hey, at that kind of you know 80 to 100 125 to 1 price point and Ricky Fowler's sitting in there at 80 to 1 wow and I, I I look at that and I think well if you're going down this route of high ceiling which is yeah. that played dividends with Kepka didn't it yeah. Um. I I agree. Jason Day at thirty three shines like a beacon, and and Ricky Fowler at that price shines like a, like a beacon, doesn't he? Sixty six is generally. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of eighties at that, and you know, again, if it's going to get cut windy, really well last time at really, yeah. there's there's been some positive signs in his game. I'm not saying he's uh, he's back to his best because I don't think he is. But you put him on a tough course, and you put him in a windy um, weekend, and if he's in the vicinity, then oh. that. Final day, you know, if, he, if he's three shots clear going into the final day, he probably doesn't win. If he's five shots back and it's windy, and, um, he can he can potentially get, get into position. Should we should we ask the Ricky whisperer? Are you on Ricky, Barry? Uh, I am not on Ricky. No, um, wow. but You're I not I, feeling but, it for Ricky. But, no, but I. Did it... I kind of t- that 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 is the first time for quite a while that he's a very very backable price. It, it is seventy and to one with bet three six five eight places right now. It's I've seen green shoots as well, Paul. You're not um, you don't have the uh, the Ricky tinted glasses on at the moment. It's like they it's genuinely and uh, it's genuinely happening. You're seeing little bits of things come together. Like the work he's doing is paying off. There's some good results without being um, flashy, so yeah. it's um, maybe it's a steady build process, and that that's the worst for backing them because the bookies will see that as well, and his price will just keep getting chopped yeah, week true. after week after week after week. But you know he's coming into like the time of the year where he won the players, so you know they might get a little uh, good vibe boost from that. Um, it's it's tempting. It doesn't feel right right now. If he wins, great. Like I mean, at this stage, uh, I don't even know where I stand in terms of financials with Ricky, but it's probably not in the plus <laughs> column. At, um, there's yeah, there's green shoots there though. So maybe keep an eye. I don't know. Hard to say. Let's yeah, move on. Well, somebody well, else like ponder, I guess. Uh, somebody I did back in that price range was Kevin Gisner. Now look, I know Kiz is like on my auto bets and got a little bit excited just seeing him up at the leaderboard there last week um, after Friday, and he fell away on the weekend. But um, maybe the length of that course, I don't know. There was some something didn't go right for him anyway. So um, he's a phenomenal putter, and he has a decent record around. Uh, he has yeah. around here. Second, second here, the one the year Leishman one. In fact, didn't Kiz nagag it? He's got like sorry, not a, not that decent a record. <laughs> He's got a second and a twenty third yeah, or his best ones, but like you know, yeah. binary binary kind of uh, results really. So yeah, um, 
there's enough going on there in this game that like if this is playing as tough as it has been recently he's that kind of grinder that can uh, jump in on that um, kind of scoring level so yeah 66 to 1 8 places thanks very much Let's see what happens I, if he wins great I mean I don't, it's not the end of the world because I'm a big kind of fan of his uh, style of golf because it's kind of contrary to you know he's short hitter and he's just a bit of a grinder so it's contrary to like just the bash and smash kind of uh, week in week out of the PGA Tour um, we're, we're an hour and seven minutes into this podcast so we need to start wrapping up I can, um, I can do mine quickly <laughs> go on in. Uh, I'm following Louis again this week putting great you know um, obviously swinging it pretty well scoring well so 35 to 1 thanks very much I feel like that kind of style of golfer this week like not too maybe it's a height thing so all my golfers are kind of small this week so you have Kisner Louis uh, Frankie all kind of tiny, all kind of small golfers I don't know if what's the theme where that came from but uh, that, this is where I'm sure he won last year this yeah. is where we found ourselves yeah <laughs> It's all very logical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, what about I, Kevin Nahr? Are you on him? No, 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 no. He was no, on my shortlist. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, the last few weeks, I've been kind of... Uh, I got too bogged down in stats, so I started just going with a bit more of my uh, gut feeling Gutful, on golfers yeah. and um, and seeing if the seeing if there's metrics to kind of back up what I'm kind of feeling. But I'm not spending too much time thinking on it. I'm trying to just go with my reactions because I watch enough that... I'm going to trust what, what I'm seeing. And if there's a little bit of uh, data in behind that, even better. Happy days. I have also added to my card Sam Burns, who um, on first show was, I think it was a 60 to 1 out there, which got absolutely annihilated in three seconds. Um, I managed to get him a 45 to 1. Um, I've just got to hear a short list of players that have been playing well recently. And, and we pulled this together off mic before the show. Best players in the world so far this year in 2021. Hovland, Finau, Casey, Morikawa, Reed, and Kepka. That was the six we came up with. If you actually look at Sam Burns and the way he's been playing, I know not the finishes, but where he's been on leaderboards across Torrey Pines, across um, TPC Scottsdale, and, of course, last time out of Riviera. He's playing some of the best golf on the planet right now. He reminds me of Matt Every back in uh, 2014, I think it was, yeah. If there's going to be an obvious winner, a hot hand, and I've always had Burns down for Florida because he's so Bermuda grass positive, had to go with Sam Burns. The other one is, course form here is really important with previous winners. Jason Kokrag has got sneaky, sneaky good form, both on really classical, tough tests in the United States and here at Bay Hill, because they go together. Coming off a ninth last week at WGC, He's up to 31st in the world, Jason Kokrag. And he continues not only to strike the SHIT out of the ball, but his putting's been so much better this season. It's unbelievable. I think Jason Kokrag. I actually saw a 55-1 to 1 on first show. That got snapped up, demolished. So I managed to get him, I think, was it 40-1, to 1, Paul? 45, on Coke, yeah. 45 on Kokrag. So... My sh- my uh, medium prices are Fitzpatrick, Frankie, Burns, Coke Rag, and I threw Wyndham Clark in there at a 125 to 1. Clark, I think he's a talented sort, has played extremely well 
last uh, a couple when he's gone to PGA National, very close course to this, a par seventy, a tough one. He led there after fifty four holes a few years ago, and he's coming off another top ten at Riviera. I think that will have boosted Clark's confidence. There was a back spasm issue, which he seemed to play through. He's in the field this week, so don't shoot me if he turns up on hunching around like um, a hunchy thing. But yes, I think Clark, 125 to 1, he's, he's the sort that could get into this. The other thing with Clark was I remember him being really seriously in the mix at that 3M Open they played on the Palmer course up in Minnesota, TPC Twin Cities. So I think he likes the look of a Palmer golf course. So those were my five. Any more for you, Paul, before we sign off? No, only, um, only Matt Every first round leader. Um, 200 to 1 is out there at the moment. <clears throat> the only Blight. other player... First round leader, and also I, I was close to tipping him. Is Chuck, Chuck Hoffman? Charlie yeah, Hoffman's yeah. playing some really good stuff at the moment, and his he record here is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, he likes the course, doesn't he? And, and, uh, yeah, yeah, he's another one who likes to pop up first round leader, doesn't he? But yeah, every um, 175 to one last year, 200 to one out there just at the moment as well. And if there's a track that he's going to oblige on, this is the one. So no brainer, really, really for me. Charlie Hoffman, first round leader, 66 is readily available. I don't think that's a bad bet because Hoffman is playing some really good stuff. Is it, this is kind of this is a week just like a, a final kind of thought on it that the the shorter guys on tour, even though the course is really long, it doesn't play, no. it doesn't reward the bombers as much. So it it's a bit more of a level playing field. So th- this is yeah. one, of, one of those weeks on tour where the guys who don't smash it. Are thinking, yeah, I can be much more competitive this week uh, versus a, one of the, those regular offer. weeks. Yeah, huge yeah. opportunity for the shorter sorts this week. And as we said, Kevin Narkines, Nars now the the kind of guy that goes to a past seventy a short one like a like while I a colonial and can, can get the job done. Again, another shorty or a player of normal length off the tee can easily win this week. I had, a, I had a couple of triple digits or uh, digit bets as well, just little ones. Um, quick snap bets, yeah, yeah. Just and it was just because of the uh, where they showed up in the um, in your putting stats, Steve. Your strokes gained putting uh, recent ranking. So I've yep. Adam Hadwin and Matt Jones. Oh yeah, Jones has been playing some nice stuff, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. easily forgotten because uh, you know he played really well at Riviera, wasn't it? Uh, if I'm correct on that, I think he's did Pebble Beach. He did okay. I think it's all con- he's yeah. just regularly ch- chipping in top twenties. And, and the good thing is he got a rest weekend. He played six weeks in a row. So I mean, I think you do probably need a break at that stage. Like so. Um, ah, look, whatever. Hundred to one. Cheers. Let's see what happens. <laughs> look, it's, mm. look, those those ones are fun to have. You know, especially if one of them sneaks in a back door uh, just to grab the place. Like, you're not expecting the win, but if they grab the place. It's a, it's a nice little bit of money yeah. returned. Happy days. Mm. His only win was uh, Redstone, Houston Open. That's another par 72. Lots of water involved. So, yeah, fits. Bucket. <laughs> um, yeah. That's us, I think, guys. Thanks for your time. I know it was an early one. I've, I've, got, I've cantered through two big mugs of tea during this record. So. <laughs> How did you I boil a kettle <laughs> without any noise? I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Oh well, I yeah, I pre-prepared them clearly. Thank, uh, good luck with your tips. Yeah, best luck, guys. Good luck with your selections, guys. Good luck to the listeners. 
and good luck to the listeners. Thanks for your support. Keep those five-star reviews coming. And we will be back next week for one of the highlights of every golfing year. We've got the Players' Championship from TPC Sawgrass and the European Tour bizarrely returns with the Qatar... Help me out, Paul. Yeah, Qatar Masters. Masters, Qatar Masters. uh, Education C. Yeah, looking forward to that. Excellent. Thank you for your time, gentlemen. Thanks for the listeners. Uh, We'll be back again next week. Goodbye.